Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Don't Feed the Geeks, presented by the Long Island Comic Guys. To answer your initial question, many of you are probably wondering, who the heck are the Long Island Comic Guys? Well, you're about to find out. First, our eldest member, Dungeon Master Bruce, DM for short. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. Welcome, DM. Hey, everybody. Next, we have our youngest member, Matt, a.k.a. Toy Story. To infinity and beyond. The origin of that name will come later in the episode. What's up, everybody? What's up, Toy Story? <laughs> oh, no, it's Andy. <laughs> Quick, everybody, hide. You're supposed to fall to the ground. <laughs> Next, our studio host and retired stormtrooper, Just Jim. You don't know the power of the dark side. Say anything other than Aquaman is cool, Jim. Oh, I can't do that. Aquaman is cool. (laughs) Come on. Fine. (laughs) And I am Tess, TC for short, like Top Cat from the awesome 60s cartoon. Top Cat, the most effectual Top Cat. Now, next is what we're about. The mission of our podcast is to basically share the love and passion we have for everything in the realm of geek, from comic books and comic art to movies, statues, table gaming, and toys. Having some fun segments and recurring topics, discussing the good and the bad that comes with geek culture, becoming pop culture, essentially, interviewing creators, maybe some celebrities, local comic shop owners, industry experts, Longtime collectors and fans. I was thinking of Alan right there. Yeah. <laughs> and literally anyone else who is willing to talk geek with us. <laughs> Most importantly, we want to have fun sharing our passion for this world with others. And if we're lucky to pull some new fans into it, even better. All four of us have pretty hectic schedules between work and family obligations, but are so passionate about this podcast, we are dedicated to finding the time to record and release this podcast every two weeks. This has been a project... In- this work, this project has been a work in progress for about four years. The idea was born from a drive back from Rhode Island Comic Con in 2014 between Jim and I. We actually came up with the name Long Island Comic Guys in the car on that drive. And with the addition of Bruce and Matt, we are finally ready to go and made it to this point. Thank all of you guys for participating. Glad here. to be here. Yeah. With that said, this is Don't Feed the Geeks. And the title of our first episode is The Origin Issue. I have to give credit to Tom Travers for kind of giving us that name and telling that we should talk about origin stories. So what we're going to do now is each of us is going to share a little bit about ourselves and most importantly, our very own comic book origin stories. Let's start with the Dungeon Master himself, DM, cast your spell. Thanks, TC. Hey, everybody. Uh, This is your Dungeon Master Bruce here. Uh, get to a little backstory on how I picked up that name. Currently a order part sales manager for the last couple of years now. Uh, got various uh, activities that keep me busy. Uh, scuba diving with Just Jim. Had quite a few fun trips. Uh, also, we enjoy to play paintball, which we haven't done in seems like a lifetime. But we'll get back to that when we have more time. Uh, So my uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, fixation 
kind of started back in 87, back in high school. Uh, I always played the role as as the Dungeon Master, which is how I got stuck with the name. Um, pretty much played from 87 to 90 during our uh, lunch period, study hall period, skipped periods, <laughs> and um, had some quite good times, too. Uh, then, you know, when we graduated high school, you know, everybody kind of went off and did their military stint or did their college stuff or just started doing their their adult live things hate that stuff yeah <laughs> it kind of sucks but it's hey in the way of everything gotta pay the bills uh <laughs> uh let's see uh comics uh man my first comic memories has got to be back back in 1978 i still got them shogun warriors from uh, Marvel Comics issues one, two, and three. Uh, That's awesome that you still have those. Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that even still around? Like, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think it's Shogun Warriors. What year? Uh, 1978. Way yeah. before your time, man. Way, yeah, way before, your time. way before your time. I can't even count uh, how many BTSs that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, BTS is before Toy Story, by the way. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a good mix of uh, robotic tech and magic, which was actually kind of good. Good mixture. Um, but, uh, yeah, it started, uh, started with that and then, um, kind of took a hiatus from comics for quite a while, but, uh, just Jim and I <laughs> went to, uh, New York Comic Con for the first time back in 2007 and that pretty much was just the, the match to the fire that started. I was 12. <laughs> you're, you're well, you're welcome. <laughs> The match was, to the was fire. Was that the first year that they did New York Comic Con? I think the first year was 2006. We, so, we, we just, like, it, it must have been a, maybe a year or two before that. I okay. Yeah. Comic, but it was, still, it was still pretty new. We'll have to go to the record to find out what the exact year was. But <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we went there, and uh, we were just walking around the booths. And uh, and it was still w- crowded then, too. Yes. Yes, it was. Not as crowded as it is today. But, um, yeah, we would just walk around the, the major publishers, and they would just giving comic books away I, I think we walked away with like 200 comics each free wow. free, free like comics and yeah. and it just yeah, just started you, the collection it's from very that. unlikely to get that many fr- free ones from yeah. the major publishers no. oh Not yeah um so yeah i started seriously collecting after that convention and um just recently started series collecting um Dungeons and Dragons stuff, you know, various modules and figures and stuff. Yeah, if uh, if anyone follows our um, Instagram, Bruce put this awesome module up the other day. What was that uh, called? The Tomb of Horrors. Yeah, that's a big feature in uh, Ready Player One, if anyone had seen that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I saw that. Even Joe Maganello liked that uh, post of ours, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty fun... uh, Pretty fun module, even just to read through and have you ever played it? Everything. No, I haven't. I haven't. I'm gonna carefully read through it, and uh, it's kind of funny because I actually have a little caption that if you're if you're planning to do this module and your group is a hack and slash type group, it, it specifically says they will not like this module because it's it's full of puzzles. Thinking. We're hack and slash. <laughs> <laughs> Puzzles and thinking and very few monsters in it, but it is it, it is a it, it's a trip. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Yeah, we'll have to definitely do that so, one day. But uh yeah, that's just about it. That's where I am right now. Very cool. cool. All right, cool. So cool. 
I guess let's just keep the same order we had from the introductions, and we'll go with Toy Story next. <laughs> Don't forget to drop a line about your uh, nickname yeah, there, yeah. and we'll explain BTS a little bit further. <laughs> so the Toy Story thing comes from the fact that I was born, I'm the youngest one here by far, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was born in 95, like a month after Toy Story came out. So they basically refer to everything based on my age at this point. Yeah, I don't know how we were literally standing in the parking lot behind our local comic book shop, and we were like, "Wait, what year were you born?" And he's like, "1995," and we're like, "That's, like, that's the year that Toy Story came out." <laughs> it was just crazy. they're talking about some old movie, and then they're like, "Wait, that's that's six BTS." Yeah, so basically, <laughs> we we judge everything now in age of before and after Toy Story. Oh, so that's great. it's BTS or ATS. Yeah, it's, it's like they're making fun of me, but I just I feel young. Yeah. <laughs> Because you are young. <laughs> you are young. <laughs> it's great. So, so my origin story started, did not start with comics very early. I didn't really start reading comics till much later on. But my first real experience with this culture was when I was six years old. So six BT, ATS, I'm sorry. Um, every Friday night, so me and my family would go to West Coast Video. <laughs> you guys remember that? And yes, I was around for the video stores. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> so we'd go and rent a movie every Friday night. And so one Friday, my dad wanted to rent Star Wars. And I saw the cover, and it was the original VHS with just Darth Vader's big head on the cover. And it scared the hell out of me <laughs> when I was six. And I was like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to see this. And my dad's like, no, trust me. It's cool. You're going to like it. So we went home. We watched it. As soon as I saw that Star Wars, I was like entranced. Was that the original Star Wars or was it, it was, the, the prequel? It was the, the pre- 1979 VHS or whatever. So it, it was one of the very early ones before he did any of the crappy revisions. Gotcha. Well, we, I'm sure we no, but it might have been 79 later. because didn't it take him a while to get to that first VHS? I think it was like a oh, year before it was they one released of the, it, right? It was one of the early probably, VHSs before, before he had touched it, but I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about that at some point. <laughs> be a whole we're we're going to have a whole month dedicated to them in May. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so we went home and watched it. Uh, we all watched together. My parents went to bed. I immediately watched it two more times and then that entire weekend. And when it was time to return it to the video store, I actually, ironically, and I remember this, replaced the cassette with my Toy Story 2 cassette. <laughs> and I kept the Star Wars one. That, talk about irony. And I watched that for months until I wore that tape out. And it changed my life. After that, I spent years spending all my, all my allowance. Remember, I was like seven or eight years old. I'd buy anything I could get my hands on Star Wars, all the toys, all the Legos. I went back on eBay. And I actually started using eBay in like 2008. I was buying all the old 1999 Lego sets, and I just I got stupid into that. I still have all of them. Um, yeah, so then around 2007, probably, and when I was in middle school, I started to get heavy into music, like rock and metal, and probably bands that all these guys hate. So um, that actually led to my first comic purchase, because... I, I was so obsessed with these guys that I would go and shop around all this band memorabilia. And so I actually bought the... I tracked down a copy of the Kiss comic from 1977, the one where them and Stan Lee took vials of their blood and they put it in the ink things and printed every issue with a bit of their blood in it. So yeah, that's, that's is pretty that, cool. Is that true story? Yeah. yeah. There's a picture of, of the five of them with, like, the vials pouring it into the no giant way. ink thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my first uh, comic purchase, and but I wouldn't touch comics again until 2013, actually, when I was in high school and I found out through word of mouth in 
school, someone who read comics, that they were killing Peter Parker. And I knew, I obviously knew Spider-Man. Like, I'd seen, I'd seen the movies and stuff like every kid had. I had just never read comics. And I was like, really? That they're killing him in a movie or something? And they're like, no, in the comics. And I was like, the comics? I'd never thought to even go and read those. So I tracked down the closest comic store, uh, which was on the way home from, uh, from my high school. And I stopped in, like, the week after it came out, and I bought Superior Spider-Man number one. And I read it, and I thought it was, what they were doing was the coolest thing ever. And from there, it was just a downward spiral, especially <laughs> Spider-Man. It's funny, 2013 is the same exact yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was just about to graduate high school. Um, and I just I spent all my money on comics, going back, reading as much as I can. I think at one point, I was spending like 80 or 90 bucks a week on new books. It was insane. And then that led me to collecting, going back and collecting all the old Spider-Man books. Um, I'm trying to... Slowly but surely, put a full run together. I know TC's a little, a uh, little farther ahead than me, but uh, <laughs> a little, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get there. He's got some I'm missing though. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So I just, I just thought that whole Spidey and Doc Ock story was so. I know there's a lot, there was a lot of controversy about it when it came out. A lot of uh, people. That's Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, it's st- one of. It's still to this day. Is, is fantastic. Yeah. It's still anyone, to this day. Anyone who's never read it, please do yourself a favor. And yeah, go absolutely. And read it. That's I've, a must read. Yeah. I've read it probably three or four times. It's still to this day my favorite <clears> story. I don't know if it's because it was the first one that I read, but. Uh, has a special place in my heart. It's funny too because he's like, he's such a jerk, but at the same time, he does everything so much better than Peter does. Yeah. Except like at the end where it's just like something only Peter could do. It's, uh, it was, it's, yeah, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my origin story. All right, Jim, it's up to you next. Cool deal. Not allowed to talk about Aquaman. Not allowed to talk about Aquaman. <laughs> well, I could talk about Aquaman later. Well, don't forget all the other like billion cool hobbies that you're into uh, too. Mention those. Way too many hobbies. So, uh, yeah. June is way too kind to you. Uh, <laughs> what hobby should I start with? Uh, I like to fly airplanes. I like to scuba dive. I like to use the paintball. How many times have you skydived? Uh, quite a lot. Over a thousand jumps. <laughs> I stopped that after wow. I got married. That's so ridiculous. Uh, Would you do it again? I would. Especially I would. if his insurance adjuster is listening. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do now have life insurance, so it's uh, a lot of that gets squashed. Um, but, yeah, I do have a lot of hobbies. Um, I guess it keeps you young, I guess, right? Um, I'm kind of the second oldest here right behind uh, our DM here. Uh, we kind of grew up together. So I, 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 growing up with him, you know, we, we, I was part of his DM world. Um, playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons in high school during, uh, you know, study hall or lunch break uh, in the middle of uh, the rest of the uh, students and, you know, basically being called a geek, living that geek dream back then. <laughs> yep. Um, and back then, that was a bad word, too. It was yeah. a bad word. <laughs> it's you know, not like it is now. Geek is chic now. It, it's crazy because, you know, back when we were in high school. You get bullied. Well, back, back then, you know, there were no DM. There were no Dungeons and Dragons clubs like there are now in schools and um, we were that, uh, you know, there's that, comic clubs all over the place. They are. Yeah. And, yeah. Know, and, and in our senior year, we actually had, we, we had a nice group of six people that would play regularly and other people that would just like stand around I mean, and any, watch anyone who's, and they're interested, who, right? who hasn't yeah. played before is like, it, it seemed like even me, like I was, you know, deep dive into comic books, but it's just like, I was like, Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, I don't know about that. And then we played the first time. I was like, this is awesome. I mean, we must have played like for five hours that first day. <laughs> you know, and you remember too, back, you know, well, you guys don't remember this, but back in our, during that time, you know, even in the early 80s, it, it was a demon like 
uh, uh, game where you know it was uh, the parents were like uh, all up in arms because mm-hmm. their kids were playing this dragon Satan devils game and, and killing else yeah, like that. I magic. Know that, that was a, thing. a huge controversy yeah. back in the day. So it was a good time. Uh, Luckily, your, your your family uh, were Satanists. Yeah, so it yeah out. of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Where, where my origin story starts, you know, I, I I grew up, you know, in the '70s, where you know where. You know, Atari was coming out. We were the, probably the first people to have Atari when it was like a four hundred dollar game machine. Yeah. Um, was that now like a thousand dollars for inflation? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you know, we had all those games. I started you know gaming when I was a young kid, having a you know a Commodore sixty four, one of the first computers in the house, playing those games. Um, I remember you know being a kid and trekking out to Toys R Us um, in a blue. <laughs> uh, in a blizzard, going to get a Vetch, a Vectrex. Um, I dragged that thing home in a blizzard because I was like, I gotta have this machine. You know, it was a, it was a great it was a great machine. Um, and then I, you know, in my early uh, you know ten eleven years old, I started getting more into com- you know getting into comics. And uh, you know where I lived on Long Island here, um, there was a mall. It was called the Nassau Mall, uh, which is no longer there. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> Um, and there was a there was a, a, a tiny comic book shop in this place right right outside of a, a, an arcade. So it was great because you can go to the comic book shop and then we just walk right across and there was an arcade. Um, and that's where I started, you know, picking up, uh, starting to learn about new characters. Uh, one of my favorites is this saga of Kristar, uh, which really nobody hears about. Uh, back in '82, uh, they actually came out toys on this. Rimco, big you know, big company back in the day. Um, but that you know that that was my first memories of buying this whole set and getting into you know uh, other Marvel characters like Nightcrawler and Doctor Strange and um, these obscure type of characters that were really not big names back then. Um, yeah, I, I read my share fair of you know, you know Superman and Batman, but it was just it wasn't high up on my list back then. Um, so yeah, got into that. I I start you know. I went to the military. I still read comic books in the military. I kept uh, a How'd small... How'd you get them? Just I, when I pulled them before, you know, we, where I was stationed in Long Beach, California, they, mm. there was a comic book shop. I went there every so often. I, I mainly bought a lot of the graphic novels because they were easier to carry. Because, yeah. you know, having... Yeah, it was limited on space. Did you ever try and find any shops internationally? You know, I didn't. I didn't get that far. Um, it's a shame because I wish I would have. Um, I got that cool exclusive uh, comic book too. For like, you only got if you were serving in the Gulf. Oh, that right? was yeah. Well, that was that, that was newer. You know, mm-hmm. since the uh, the well, I think that was the Afghan War. Mm-hmm. You know, the gotcha. Marvel started shipping out comic books to uh, to the guys out there, and you can That's only get cool. certain books out there. Um, so yeah, I've got a couple of those. Uh, but I even brought I even brought D and D on board my ship. You know, I, I got a bunch of guys on board my ship. You know, we'd be in the Persian Gulf and we'd be playing Dungeons and Dragons. You know, until like the two a.m. in the morning right? in the hallways. Yeah. You know, awesome. at bedtime. Specifically, the Dark Sun Dark edition. Sun. Dark Sun. So we yeah. got into that. I got you know, it was it was nice to be uh, that I was able to do that even on board ship. So um, it's always followed me around. Um, and th- thankfully, you know. Um, you know, now that we get these uh, these these Comic Cons now going to these big cities, that kind of revamped me reading more to, into the whole comic uh, industry and meeting guys like uh, TC and Matt here um, and a bunch of other group of guys that are passionate about this stuff. It's uh, it's uh, it's a hobby that uh, it's it's good for me. 
Yeah, I feel like that's the thing that kind of like really gets you excited about it when you find other people, like the finding the books and this and reading the stuff too. But just like kind of sharing that passion with other people, like that's kind of you know one of the things that got us started too. You know, just getting together every Wednesday for New Comic Book Day and just like you know sitting and talking about this stuff. It's just it's it's a cool thing to share with yeah. other people, really. And that's why we want to do this podcast. And it's not for, it's not really you know um, not for geeks really anymore. You know, it's everybody's reading comic books now. Yeah, it's women, kids. Um, so it's 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 nice that it's um, it's gotten bigger. Yeah, the definition of geek has definitely changed big time. So that's me. That's you. All right. So I guess I'll uh, round this out. So I guess uh, I'll pretty much start with uh, my first introduction into. I don't even know if it's really geek, but He Man was my world as a kid. I remember being like probably two or three years old, sitting in like some type of like jump jump thing and watch my mom or dad just plop me in front of the tv and like that he-man coming up and you know i have the power (laughs) and it's just like oh my god this is the most amazing thing in the world and the first movie i ever remember seeing is my dad my aunt and i think two other people took me to see the 1987 master of the universe dolph lundgren and frank langella oh my goodness and i was scared to death because they did such a good job on skeletor that anytime he came on screen i was like oh my god <laughs> but um yeah i was like ever, ever since then i was into anything cool action adventure like that and then in 89 we went to go see batman 89 I, um, I call it Batman anyway, but the original Batman movie it's from Batman 1989, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, still in yes. my opinion, best Batman movie ever. You can, come, you can come at me with comments, whatever you want. Uh, Jack Nicholson's the best Joker. If Heath Ledger was still alive, everyone would agree. Um, <laughs> so was that the first time you were ever exposed to like Batman or anything? Like no, that? I think I'd probably, it, uh, you know, I, as I was thinking about this origin story, I probably had seen some like cartoons or maybe like something of like the Batman 66, like the, Adam West series on TV, but nothing at at this like you know level. And, and you know it's funny because my dad and grandfather used to have like in Coney Island back in like the early the late '80s, right across the street from like Nathan's and like Astroland. It was still Astroland at the time, not Luna Park. <laughs> they had like these shipping containers lined up, and people would just sell crap. Like my grandfather. And my dad had one, and my dad would go into the city and get these amazing, like, superhero T-shirts, Batman T-shirts. And at that, and at that same time, Frank Miller was very popular. So a lot of the shirts that he realized, and my, my dad doesn't even probably realize this, I remember what they looked like. A lot of them were Frank Miller artwork. And they were making money hand over fist on these because no one else had these T-shirts out in Coney Island. Nice. And it was just awesome. And my dad basically said to my grandfather, and this is the only time I ever went to the movies with my grandfather, he's like, come on, we made so much money. I was like, we should go and see the movie. So me, my dad, and my grandfather went to go see this Batman movie. And again, it was just like, you know, seeing Batman 66, seeing a cartoon. I had never seen anything like that on the big screen at that time. It was just, it just blew me away. I was just like, I didn't even know how to react to that. It was just such an incredible movie. Even even to its time, I feel like it still it holds t- stands up, yeah. the test of time. Yeah. And then, I mean, I didn't really get. I mean, I was in. I was always into comic book stuff then. But I feel like right after that came out, 
the Ninja Turtles like exploded, and I got right into that explosion. Like in the '90s, I feel like the '90s were like the kung fu era. Like everything was like karate. <laughs> there was like a million karate movies, uh, martial arts movies. So I loved the Ninja Turtles. I probably had every single toy. I remember having the blimp thing. Or like I had everything. I mean, I did have a lot of He-Man toys too. I wish I still had a lot of those originals, but um, It'd yeah, be I so definitely, funny. I definitely took it. I know. I wish I had the. I, I'm I'm gonna get at least the regular He-Man figure at one point, and then I'd like to get all the four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle original ones. I have the replicas that they just did a couple years ago. I have those up in my office, which I've shared a couple. Uh, of collection pictures on the Instagram page at uh, Long Island Comic Guys. Just a little plug there. L-I. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't really start reading books. I think the first book that I can ever remember reading, and I remember it so well because it has an awesome cover. I still have it. I just have to find where it is, is What If Hulk Had Killed Wolverine? And it was it was one of those embossed, co- embossed covers. It had, like, the silver on it and, like, the, I, there wasn't even a comic book shop. I mean, it was like a new. It was kind of like a newsstand shop. It was like this guy who sold newspapers, and magazines. I can't. It was like a candy yep. shop. They it was had like that right little, around little spinner rack. It that wasn't had even. The it wasn't even a spinner. It was like the magazines were on top, and then on the bottom, I was like, my mom would go in and buy like a People magazine. I was like, whoa, wait, what's what's here on the bottom? I was like, I was like, ooh, that 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 looks cool. And like, and I would pick up that. Like another book I remember having <laughs> is like, what if Spider Man had kept his cosmic powers? And the funny thing about that is like, I was reading. I was like, oh, this is a cool book. And there's like one scene where it's like like Mary Jane like takes her shirt off from the back and I was like oh boy I don't think I'm supposed to read it I was like I'm gonna put this away and then uh, I think one of the probably most adult things I had read in like 94 like um, the whole Death of Superman thing I think my mom wound up buying me like the graphic novel for like the Death and Return and that was probably the first thing uh, like, like a complete story that I want read from beginning to end and like that was just that was awesome it was like just like you know as a kid you're like oh my god Superman's dead <laughs> just, yeah. like, and then Superman was, can't die yeah and it was Superman, just like, like, like you know that, Superman as I know yeah, yeah like the, the nothing could stop Superman and I think that was like it was a it was a great time for for comics even though it was like kind of a struggle and like I know I know anyone who's into comics like 90s wasn't an overall good time for them but uh that was that was really a great story and then like I think like Maximum Carnage I read and as a kid I liked it and then I've read it again recently and I was just like eh <laughs> sorry another one of the things I remember from being young is like I don't know how if we, how we'd rank this in terms of Star Wars fans br- mm-hmm. in between Matt and Jim one and two um, I don't know three or four me or Bruce Jim but has a lot more stuff he has I a lot more that. stuff that's true <laughs> I was like I I feel like I'm in the in the in the list here but I remember being sick like when I was in like first grade or something I had like the flu and my dad I was staying at my dad's and he like rented me like all three of these and I was like I don't want to watch these he goes watch them you're gonna like them similar to yeah. kind of your story and I was like these are awesome <laughs> <laughs> and you know what I'm gonna be honest with you I know there's a ton of people who are big Empire Strike Back uh, fans and I think that's definitely the best movie. Did you like Return of the Jedi? I'm always, I'm, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. It's just such an there's three battles going on at mm-hmm. once in that movie and they're all really cool and like I felt like that was like the best action movie out of all of them. And then uh, after that, I mean, I felt like when I was like by sixth grade, I got really tall. Like if you see any of the pictures that we post, I'm like six five. Um, so my dad's like, yeah, you need to play basketball. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I love basketball. I played, uh, I played from high school to college. And then after that, I had to get a real job. And, you know, girls got into the way, so didn't really get much geek stuff. I mean, I always watched all the movies. Like, anytime, like, a geek-related movie, Lord of the Rings, anything, like, you know, all the Spider-Man movies came out. I was always there to watch it. 
But it wasn't until, again, coincidentally enough, 2013. So I remember it because not only did I buy myself an iPad, I also bought my wife's engagement ring that year. But I bought the iPad and it's like, oh, you know, what? I'm going to start reading some novels, you know, make myself a little novels. bit more intelligent. <laughs> and then uh, I saw this app thing. I was like, oh, I, I can read comic books on this too? iPad? I was like, all right, let me check that out. And then it's like, oh, there's a thing to find your local comic book store? Let me check that out. I was like, oh, I'll only get a couple comic books. And then I walk in and then Zach, who we'll eventually have on here, he caught me and I've had my addiction and full comic obsession since about 2013. And I think it's Zach's fault that both of us. Yeah, it's this. definitely Zach's fault. I, uh, I, I have a little bit of an obsessive compulsive disorder when it comes to collecting. I'm a, what some, every, somebody no. dubbed me as a completist. You think so? <laughs> and it's, it's really bad. Like I, I want everything and I like, I, I try to, I try to stay calm about it and like, and deny a lot of stuff, but like, I see something I want. And I was like, I'm going to get it. What's the full series that you read? Like I've read every oh single issue of Amazing Spider-Man from Amazing Spider-Man 1 to current. I will say current. I don't know what number we're at. I am probably about five behind, but for the most part, current. I don't think a lot of people can say that. No, no not at all. No. And Especially in five years. And the thing that makes me a little bit upset about the DC Universe, I'm just going to touch on that real quick. Uh, so far, I've really liked um, Titans, but they haven't put that many comics on there. And one of the things I want to do as a Superman fan is read through all Superman. And they didn't have that. But, that's why my, my Marvel Unlimited is just the best. Yeah, I know. Like that's how I read all every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and the crossovers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to to touch on the uh, Spider-Man collecting part, I am currently, as we're recording this podcast, twenty-one comics away from a full run of Amazing Spider-Man. Not is including, that nice? uh, not including nice. Amazing Fantasy fifteen because. I can't justify to my wife buying that book. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Yeah. All right. So now that we have all our origin stories and bios out of the way, I figured we'd go into our favorite heroes. Since it is kind of a comic-centric podcast, although we're talking about everything in the geek realm, I figured we'd talk about our favorite comic book uh, heroes since that's pretty popular. And you know what? For this one... I guess I'll go first, and we'll kind of flip the order. So I've already kind of mentioned it, but Superman is definitely one of my favorite characters from the DC universe. But on the Marvel universe, another one of my favorite characters is Captain America. And although I'm a huge Spider-Man guy, and he's definitely the better read, I think in terms of, like, characters himself, and even, like, on the DC side, like, Superman right now is really good, but... Batman's definitely the best read. Like everyone, like that's an awesome comic book to read. Batman's a fun character. You know, just the same way Wolverine's a great character to read. The thing I like about Superman and Captain America is the way they kind of represent. Like they're kind of the best of humanity. You look at Superman, it's just like, you know, when you think of when you're in the world and there's like a hard thing going on and like you know people are arguing about one thing or the other. If you really think about what Captain America or what Superman would do in this situation, whatever that answer is, it's probably the right thing to do. It's just I like, you know, even in the movies, like, you know, the, the S isn't stand for isn't really an S, it stands for hope. You know, they're the characters that kind of inspire you to be your best self. And that's what I like about them. And, you know, I kind of use Superman as like an inspiration to me too. It's like, listen, you know, you have to you have to kind of uh, th- think about, you know, the type of person you want to be. And, you know, Superman's uh, like a perfect example of that. 
He's the uh, he's the quintessential, you know, Boy Scout. You know, he's like, he, no matter what the situation is, he he comes at it rationally, and it's just like, uh, it's, it's like, like what would Superman do? Oh yeah, exactly. And it's and it's hard. It's it's hard to be that way. Like I'm not that way. I know I'm not that way. I'm but like that's what a, you strive I'm, to. I'm be. a hothead. <laughs> 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 just like going to a switcher is like, wait, what they say? <laughs> no, but that's like an example of what you strive to be. Exactly. It's you know, and and that's what I like reading about him. I mean, I I do read Captain America too, not as often. One of my favorite all time reads is a read that Zach gave me, and it was like. Uh, uh, they rebranded Captain America again, and like right after um, the 2001 uh, attacks on 9/11, and there's a great um, image of like Captain America just digging through the stuff, and like I, I've actually, it's one of the only comics that I've actually cried as I read through it. Like it, it, it had me tear up because you know I, I I remember that happening too, and you know Cap Cap is just like there's a scene where. Some guys are, are about to attack, attack these um, this Arab guy, and Cap steps in, and it's just like he's like, "We don't do this," and it's just like, even you know, with this fresh on the mind, and you know, you know, it's easy to just point a finger at a, the bad guy. You know, Cap just stands in and is like, "No, like that's not how we react to the situation." And it's just like, those are like really the characters that I like. Oh, they, they're not always the greatest reads. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think they have to be. Yeah, I think like, just I don't know if they stand for a simple. Yeah, like, I don't necessarily know if my favorite characters are always my favorite reads either. Yeah, you know? and exactly, and and that's why, like, even though, you know, I'm going with comic book heroes, I don't necessarily mean like reading the books. I think there's a lot of Superman books that are very vanilla books because Superman's a vanilla character mm-hmm. because he's you know he's yeah. the guy who's going to do what's right, and you don't always want to do what's right. You want to do, you know, what helps you. Superman always puts. Mm-hmm everyone else before him kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But I've probably gone on for too long. Interesting. About that. oh, that's, good <laughs> that's good stuff. So uh, let's go with uh, Jim next. So don't say it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I am drawn. Aquaman. I am drawn. Can you cue up the gif of him surfing on the, uh, on the fishes? On the fishes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've always been drawn to Aquaman. You know, I, I've... Uh, Make that the thumbnail for this video. Right, okay. right. Um, you know, I, I've been always been a water guy for forever. Um, you know, since since the age of 15 when I learned how to scuba dive and being underwater, um, to scuba dive, you know, to being a diver in the Navy, to being... Um, uh, a commercial diver on oil rigs um, to even dive in after, you know, it'll, you know, for fun, for fun. now. Um, <laughs> I've always been drawn to Aquaman. Um, again, it, not the greatest reads. Um, it's some of those series are pretty horrible. The new I mean, 52 series. Did you read that when it first came out? It did. That was it did. awesome. I remember. It, it was really good. I, bu- um, I remember I bought it because the cover of the first one was just so nice. And I was like, I don't really care about Aquaman, but let me buy this. And then I read it and I was like, this is awesome. Great. You know, um, his 90s stuff sucked you know with that long hair the hook what what? (laughs) drove me nuts that they gave this guy a a hook Um, Zach loves that yeah (laughs) I don't hate it you know I'm I'm more traditional you know turned him into Captain Hook from Peter Pan just it was nuts Um, I'm a little behind on his books you know the books now but um, Hmm. always been drawn to it um Others, you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan, so I, I'm loving the new Star Wars books that are out now. Uh-huh. Um, Darth Vader's 
probably my most favorite uh, series right now. Yeah, reading, absolutely. Reading, reading the Darth Vader. It's probably some of the best Marvel books out right now. Absolutely. Yeah, Star Wars is killing it. Um, the, the only problem I have with Marvel, you know, when they do the renditions of the movies yeah, and the they comic don't books. Always, I like original stories. I just, I don't know why they do that. Yeah. I, you, you've, you've seen the movie already. Why are you doing the comic book? Mm-hmm. It's all about you, the money. You can't see the symbol I'm yeah. doing right now, it's but it's me putting my fingers together. It's the money. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, so, yeah, probably, you know, Aquaman's number one and... Uh, uh, you know, you're typical, you know, a big fan of, you know, uh, Superman and Batman mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, another great series back in the New 52 is the, uh, uh, the Talons. Um, Batman. Court of Owls. Court of Owls. Court of Owls. Yeah. Yeah. Great series. Awesome. Yes. I mean, that was probably Absolutely. another one of my most favorite uh, series. Uh, that was one of the first things I bought when I went to the comic store. Great. That I was like definitely, the, the that was definitely my, that, that was, I think 2011, they started in June 52. Mm-hmm. As soon as I went into the comic shop that time, I collected... I made sure I got everything from the beginning, and yeah. Court of Owls was by far the I best. was, like, so happy at the point. I think it might have been, too, at the point that we, like, got into this because they had just revamped everything. I right. know. There it was, was very 52, convenient. and yeah. there was Marvel now. Yeah. Right. So a lot of stuff was being back to It was one, disappointing so. that they canceled that series, too, and I, yeah. I can't understand why I they canceled know. that because, I, I, from my understanding, people loved it. It was popular. Wait, what are you talking about? The Court the, of Owls. Uh, the actual the, – the, the series that they had. Oh, they had that series. Well, well, that guy was, like, Superman's uh, – Batman's brother or something. Right. Something like Something, yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, uh, it's it's too late. Read it. <laughs> <laughs> Highly recommend it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, so yeah, that's that's. I'm gonna go with that for the moment. Cool. So mine would. It's got to be Spider Man. I don't know if that's. Yeah, it's because it's the first superhero that I've read, and that like got me into this. Um, I, I weirdly I like reading DC stuff better. I DC stuff more. I think like I think I've read overall more DC. Um. Just because, yeah. Outside of Spider Man, I feel like he's one of their, mm-hmm. he's one of their better yeah. reads. Well, for, it, for me, top two easy is Spider Man and Daredevil. Um, I remember reading the Born. I, I got the original issues for Born Again, the Frank Miller series from the eighties. It's unbelievable. Um, but I think one of the like biggest reasons why I like why I like those two characters specifically is because like they're very human. Like you were talking about Superman and how he's like the ideal. Um, Example, I guess, of what someone should be. Yeah, what but you like, strive to be, yeah. Spider-Man and Daredevil, like, make mistakes all the time. And it's mm-hmm. it almost makes it more, I don't want to say believable, but, like, I guess relatable. You yeah, know what I mean? Because that's, like, how... And, and, that's, yeah. and that's why Stan Lee, you know, mm-hmm. uh, again, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, he, I, I read, I, I watched an interview from him the other day, and it was, like, from, like, a 70s talk show. And some guy was like, what's this thing about Spider-Man? And he basically said the same things mm-hmm. you're saying right now. He's like, you know, kids like it. You know, kids want the real guy. He's like, you don't want Superman going in. He saves the day. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened. And mm-hmm. he goes back. And he's like, you know, you want a kid who's like, you know, he's got to save the day, but he's also got to worry mm-hmm. about his test. He's got to worry yeah. about being home on time. You know, but he's got to like worry about mis- the zit like, he's got. Yep. Like, <laughs> mistakes, grounded. like the mistakes he makes and the relationships that he's in. Yeah. Like, have you read the reunion for New Year Vows stuff? I love that stuff. Um, did you miss the part where I said I read every single issue? <laughs> of course. Yeah, but I, like, just I guess that I could picture, almost picture myself in those situations and like doing the same things, you know. And and that's you know what what the goal is when you're reading comic books. And like you know, not many people can say, oh well, I'm a multi billionaire and I have all these exactly. gadgets and you know, like I'm trained, cool, trained in martial arts. Yeah, again, like another guy, like yeah, I can never be Iron Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. All right, Bruce. DM. Oh, I guess I guess it's my turn. All right. So uh, my favorite uh, hero, or or maybe at this point you can call it the anti-hero, uh, 
the DC universe is definitely going to be Harley Quinn. Uh, absolutely love her. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't have all of her issues, especially the like the first volume and stuff like that. But all the newer stuff that I have, uh, the artwork from Amanda Connor, absolutely love, Amanda Connor. love her artwork for Harley Quinn. Um, so huge fan of Harley Quinn. Got uh, plenty of uh, statues uh, in my house uh, of Harley Quinn and stuff, and. Um, so I'm very passionate about that one, and also from, um, well, I guess uh, I guess it would be sort of a toss-up. I would have to say Marvel, the Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. collecting a huge number of uh, the first volume. How close are you f- uh, fulfilling that full run? Uh, not very. I, I I'm gonna probably say I'm about sixty uh, percent. Oh, the the first volume. What's your earliest so. issue? My earliest issue of The Incredible Hulk would be uh, issue 102. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Do you have that first Rocket Raccoon? What, what, um, what issue is that? Uh, I do, yeah. That's um, Rocket Raccoon, not Rocky Raccoon. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, what is that, like 378 or oh, something? Oh, wow, like I didn't realize yeah, it was that it's, late. It's pretty up there. Um, uh, do you have a 181 by any chance? I think that's a popular one. If you're looking I, to get rid of it, I would be interested I in buying it. I do not. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, every time I find one, is a uh, little bit out of out of my budget. I almost bought yeah. a nine two the other day, and Matt kind of talked me out of it. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. You didn't I'll, end up doing it. I'll eventually get one. It's it's so high rent. I know. Well, That's all another thing. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not I'm not too about concerned about getting it graded. Yeah. If I can get a raw copy ungraded, we can talk about the market. You know. for, uh, for our our local comic book shop. Um, someone brought one in, but it was like it was pretty beat up. It looked like it was like in a mechanic we shop or something there. like that. And, <sighs> Ouch! And they let the guy walk out the door because they offered him fifty, and he's like. No, and it wasn't just that. It was a couple books in there, and I was like, oh, I would have given him the 50 bucks, dude. <laughs> 50 bucks? Yeah. Wow. So, um, yeah, and I guess uh, I guess I'll just go for uh, a third one here. Uh, Dynamite uh, Entertainment, uh, Red Sonja. Mm. Huge awesome. Red Sonja fan. Um, re- uh, uh, all of the little sub-stories that they have, uh, like uh, Red Sonja Berserker or Red Sonja Blue. Uh, There's like five or six issue miniseries. Um, but uh, yeah, big uh, big fan of Red Sonja as well. Yeah, she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, do you have her first appearance? It's actually pretty reasonable. Uh, she first appeared in a Conan book. I don't remember yeah. the exact number. I, I looked at, I had it in my hands a couple of times, but uh, uh, for some reason I just never... I just never picked it up. I, I guess I really should get around to picking that up before. I mean, especially it since it's too popular. <laughs> uh, especially since it's one of those characters where it's like not ridiculous. Like I'd love to get a first Superman, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's just not going to happen. So yeah, unless, action unless number we, one. Sure. Unless we knock down uh, Jim's walls and they're in there. <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> maybe, maybe in this place. You never know. All right, so what we want to talk about next, we've touched upon a little bit earlier in here, and it's basically that the geek culture has turned into pop culture. And although it's been great from, like, so many new things coming, you know, there's so much product in the world, you know, for all these people who are collectibles, but it's also brought so many people in so many different ways 
Um, anyone have anything to throw out there that's kind of like irks them about this whole new well, world? I just want to say it is good because it is getting much like many more people into it that might not have otherwise gotten into it before. Yeah, agreed. Like you know, this I, like, I love I love like seeing us, like girl, yeah, know, you know, I, 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 I love you know girls and like you know young kids getting into it. It's like you know because that's going to be the future of comics. Yeah. I mean, if you don't get new people, comics will die, and like we none of us actually want that. You know, none of us want the geek culture to die. You know, we want people to keep keep playing D and D. We want people to keep you know buying comics, buying yeah. comics, and you know buying statues and buying you know. <laughs> geek-related toys and stuff like that. You know, we want this industry to thrive. But at the same time, it's inconvenient to us that it is thriving because, Mm -hmm. you know, we go to Comic-Con. Like you guys said, you went to Comic-Con in, like, 2007 for the first time. And I'm sure as packed as it was, like, you could probably still walk around. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And it's just grown from there. But you could also buy stuff, too, like, reasonably. Reasonably, right. Because, like, for people like us who are trying to complete an amazing Spider-Man run, we could never shop at New York Comic Con for those. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, the, everything is so for especially price. for the issues that you're looking for, the early ones. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, the thing about comics uh, that's starting to irk me too is like the longer we've been into it, and li- listen, I've only been into it for about like six years now, is that there's def- it's definitely a clicky world too. And um, it's hard to, like, get stuff like, oh, well, this, I'm selling this to this guy because he sold me that. And it's just like, oh, I want to buy it's this It's very political, book. too. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the same thing as anything else, really. If there's a way for people to make money, people are going to, you know, make money to make money. And then there's the other people who are passionate about it. I mean, I feel like for, like, our generation right now, too, like, this is – it's so big now because – we're the key demographic for buying this stuff. I was like, you know, all the stuff that's nostalgia right now comes from that 70s, 80s right, time period right. when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we love mm-hmm. that stuff. And it's just like, oh, great. These people love that stuff. Let's mark up the price on it. So, I mean, it's the unfortunate side of things. I There's mean, look- so much available out there, but what they're doing with, like, price gouging yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. And even newer stuff that they're creating, like, the you know, they're, they're, make, they're revamping older products newer and it's still expensive yeah yeah um and the you know going back to the comic book you know going back comics my my bit my i'm gonna say my bitch is you know the amount of covers you know the very oh yeah yeah Yeah. look at the superman 1000 same book same book each time why am I spending $100, $150 on a certain cover that's, you know, only limited? It's artificial, what do they call it, artificial scarcity, mm-hmm. you know? And We're only printing, a, like, 1,000 of these, so it's automatically super I mean, rare. it's basically because there's DBs who are going to buy them. That, and I'm one of those I'm people. I'm one of those people. Yep, yeah. yep, and absolutely. And I try not to be, and it's just like, oh, well, I really like that cover. And, you know, part of the problem is, is, like, the covers now, like, the artists who are doing comics now are just ridiculously good. I was like, you know, the people who were doing comics back in the day, like, you know, the Steve Dickos, the Jack Kirby's, like, they were incredibly talented people mm-hmm. for the time, but the best artists back then would never even think about doing comic books. No. Now you have, like, incredibly talented, you know, comic artists. Um, they like, do stuff just regular artists. Imagine. It's just like, you know, the stuff that is coming out in the comic world is just unbelievable right now. Oh, yeah. Even from, like, the 90s to, like, the 2000s and now, I just, like, it's it's incredible, the artwork that goes into these. And even with, like, you know, the digital covers, it's And you it's know crazy. they're not getting a cut of the premium that you're paying on it. Absolutely <laughs> not. Sure even with not. the variant covers yeah. that are priced, quote-unquote, at... And, and, that, and that's the thing, too, which we've, we've spoke about so many times. Like, you know, I know 
there's a bunch of us who are really into like original art. You know, I like collecting original art. I like to get commissions. But some of these guys are charging like six, seven hundred dollars for a commission. I was like, that's ridiculous, dude. I was like, you know, I'm, Don't want I, I'm not paying. Well, I would. You know, uh, we spoke about this in length with Kevin Lashley, yeah. who's a great guy. If you follow him on Instagram or whatever, he's referred to at Lead Killer, L E D K I L L A, I believe. Awesome guy in comics. So all, down to earth. Very down to sure. earth. He also does a lot of work with Hasbro. Um, I would definitely give him um, two thumbs up all the way uh, if you he's ever so get the chance to talk to him stuff too. Yeah, yeah. And he's a pa- he's, a, he's fan. a fan he's that's so what the thing is he's so passionate about it he's not, and, it's not just a job for him and you know he, he was talking to us about Fabak and I've ne- you know I like his work but I never even thought to go up to him and get a commission I heard he's charging like $600 for a headshot it's like that's that's ridiculous, man. I was like, I like you've done a couple of books. I, I know who you are, but at the same time, you're not Jim Lee. You're not J. Scott Campbell. And you know, even those guys set, spending six hundred bucks, like that's a lot of money, man. It's yeah. like, you know, this is for the fans. You're you're turning something that's was originally like an every man's thing into an elitist thing. You know, comic books are now thousands and millions of dollars. Right. Like, that that shouldn't be the case. I mean, the problem, and that's the problem with this. It's so popular now, where the price is just going to keep going up and up and up. And you know, it's it's where I think it affecting stop? every collectible type of thing too. I mean, st- I, I'm sure Star Wars is doing the same thing. You know, even the like uh, you what you said you paid for that module, that D and D module. I'm sure, ten years ago, it was a lot cheaper than it oh, was yeah. now. It was only a couple of dollars when it first came out, and now I. What I paid, I paid $60 for it. Well, that's, like, value, though, because people are willing to pay that. But what pisses me off is, like, executives and stuff price gouging. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, sort of unrelated, but I was buying Kiss tickets a couple weeks ago. And when I first saw them, probably 10 years ago, um, we paid maybe 40, 50 bucks a ticket. And the cheapest I could get that weren't, like, nosebleeds this time were $160 each. And they went because... Mm -hmm. That's all that that's what it is. And it's not gonna change. But it just it pisses me off that And know. and even on top of the, the commissions, like you know, they're charging, you know, hundreds of dollars for these commissions. Even you know, and I I I, I will refuse to pay for a signature, but these artists that charge money for an autograph, yeah. I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous because I'm there for you. I love your work. You bought the book that you're I trying to I bought the book. Just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. sign your name. I, that's what I want. I, I understand, you know, things have changed and, you know, they may not be making the money that they should be making on the books that they're, uh, they're, they're putting into Marvel and DC. But, you know, some of these guys, you know, they'll charge 50 bucks for a signature. Um, I mean, Brian Azarello. The, yeah. the, there you go. Batman, damn. The first appearance of the Batwing, you know. We were at Rhode Island, uh, I'm sorry, Baltimore. not Rhode, uh, Baltimore Comic Con. And um, someone went up to him and he's like, yeah, $50 for the signature and the book. I think at least you got the book. Uh, did you get the book? Was that the deal? No, it wasn't the book. I no, it was just it was just a picture. Yeah. for the signature. One hundred and fifty dollars. One hundred and fifty dollars for the book and the signature. So the artist who, the, the I'm sorry, the writer who wrote the book Brian is price gouging. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not even you know, like and it's and another thing is a lot of these artists and writers now are going through these like representation companies. <laughs> yeah. And the funny part about that uh, trip was one of our other friends. We're going to drop his name. His name is Jeff. Uh, he ran into Brian Azzarello at a bar, had no idea who he was, and started a conversation about how Brian Azzarello was charging $150 for his signature, <laughs> went on this rant about how ridiculous it was, 
And he's like, and he just did the by the way, as a publicity stunt. That he said. Yeah, he said he said the bat wing was obviously all a publicity stunt. And, Sorry, Jeff. And afterwards, Brian Azzarello was basically like, oh, by the way, I'm Brian Azzarello. <laughs> and Jeff basically put his foot in his mouth and offered the guy to buy the buy the guy a drink. And I was like, I wouldn't have backed down. I would have said, I stand by my statements. Today. And he's like, no, I can do that. I was like, oh, you're yeah. a different person than I am. <laughs> and he's not the only one. Hey, you know, you got Rob Liefeld who charges. 30, Have you met him before? I've met him. I refuse to, you know. I, he's I, pretty I, arrogant. I, 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 anything I've heard about him is negative. Yeah. I mean, I, I've had one interaction with the guy personally. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible either. I, you know, I paid to get a signature, and um, I flipped those books. Yeah. So I didn't care. So and and that's why he's doing it because he knows people are flipping them. And I probably would have kept on. I would, probably would have held on to them if I had a better experience. But I was like, you know, the people who I've gotten stuff from and I was fans of, I was like, you know, I want to get this thing and, you know, whatever it is, a piece of artwork or a comic book sign because, you know, normally I want it. And then if, you know, I get rubbed by someone the wrong way, it's just like, well, now I kind of don't want this anymore. So, you know, yeah. now I am yeah. going to make the money off of it. And, you know, he's a guy who he's making a ridiculous amount of money, especially now with all the Daredevil stuff going on. He's not a guy who should be charging. I was like, the old-time guys who never really made a lot of money, I'm okay with paying those guys. Like, you know, Joe G- Gala, you've seen that, that Flash commission he gave me. Super nice guy. He didn't even charge that much for the commission. And I don't even think he signs for books. I was like, I would gladly pay $5 a book to sign him. And again, like at the conventions too, you know, we have those people who are like just flipping books. And a guy shows up with this tub full of 150 oh, books. And those yep. are the other people who drive Walking me Walking around with the nuts. three boxes on Listen, their little push cart. You should have to pay $5 a book after that. <laughs> I was like, you should get like five free. And then after that, it's $5 a book. And I'm fine yeah. with all that stuff. <laughs> even J. Scott Campbell. He will sign the first three books for you for free, and then I think after that it's $5 a yeah. book, which is fine. I was yeah. like, you know, he's, enough, he's done so many books. You know, besides the fact that, you know, his covers are, ridic- are ridiculous and getting out of control, and the secondary market is so Not crazy. to say they're not good. No, his it's artwork so is great. Like, you know, we and you know he's just a guy we kind of love, but we hate him at the same time because you know his stuff is just so hard to get a hand of. And you know, when I first started seeing his stuff, I was like, "Oh man, this guy's stuff's awesome." I was like, "It's like, like oh, I don't know if a lot of other people like him." And then apparently everybody likes this guy. I was like, "I, I, I thought I stumbled onto someone like, oh, maybe nobody knows about him." <laughs> and he was easy to get his books at one point. You know, yeah, a well, year or two ago, it was easy to go on his website or go yeah. on his shop, and there they are now. Nope. They're sold out after a second they yeah. go for and sale. I, and I was so. lucky enough to get some of those. Uh, when he first did his time capsule book, he had a remark on there. Mm-hmm. I bought that yep. b- version of it. And it was a while before those sold out. If he did that again, so he basically did this. Um, did you guys see that? He did like a VIP like lunch. He yep. does it at San it Diego like and New York. Wasn't it? Yeah. So you basically get a comic book with a remark on it. So if you price out, if you break down the cost of what you get for that lunch, he's basically saying that that remark is worth $1,000. Yeah. Which is crazy. And he <laughs> gets it. It's, and it's, you know, I mean, if to some degree good for him, but I was like, that's a little ridiculous for to be getting $1,000 for a remark. Even Jim Lee. Like, Jim Lee's another guy. I love his artwork. I'd love to get something from him. But his stuff is astronomical amount of money. And it's just... You guys met him, right? Yeah, we, we got his author. I yeah, mean, and, and that's a good thing too. No, he doesn't charge, but you know, he has so many people, and he's done so many things that you know people will bring like fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. So he's like, listen, you know, yep. it's either two to three per person, and that's all he's going to sign. And like, I mean, at least he doesn't charge for any of those. But he does do like private signings too. Like when he goes to comic book shops, 
I've seen like Instagram posts and stuff like that where you know he's gonna he charges for the signings, but I mean you can get him for free too if you want. And you know I've heard from other people that if you like track him down while he's walking, he will sketch something for you, yeah. no yeah. charge. But yeah. I mean, like wow. at the same point, do you want to be that aggressive person who's like in this guy's face? Like that's that's just not how I, the how I'm built. I'm not going to do that. It's like if someone else is going to do it, you know, more power to him. But that, you know that's just not my thing. Well, that that also forces you know artists like that to not even do. You know, individual artworks or commission works. I mean, just like a, a perfect example, Amanda Connor is like, I would love to get a commission from her, but she doesn't do it anymore because, you know, she did it at uh, up to a point and then. You know, she probably charged like twenty five, fifty bucks for a simple mm-hmm. headshot, and then I have one people are just going. <laughs> you know, they're just flipping it on eBay and charging like five hundred bucks. So, she, you know, I was told by uh, by your assistant at uh, Eternal Con a few years ago, she's she doesn't do commissions anymore because you know people are that just sucks, flipping but it. But I and, respect that, honestly. Yeah, and and I respect it too. But it really sucks for you know those few individuals such as myself who just want who artwork I want an original piece of art that I'm going to keep and you know hell would have to freeze over before I would sell it TC will have some sells so, <laughs> so, you know, he's got, he'll sell you I, I do have an Amanda Connor so the first time she was at Eternal Con I managed to get her I think it was 60 bucks she charged and it was more than just like a headshot it was like probably like a bust um, really commission nice. so to your point you're absolutely right what happened was she was doing like quick head sketches at San Diego Comic Con literally that same day somebody had posted it on eBay or whatever Jimmy Palmiati her husband caught wind of it and he's like this is what and she charged like 60 bucks someone had it up for like 300 he goes this is why Amanda will no longer be doing sketches it sucks it's just like I I get it but I mean it's like the one jerk who kind of ruins it for everyone and that's the thing about like you know it's Pop, it's pop culture, but it's like people are just seeing dollar signs. And, you know, I understand that, you know, people need a way to make money I mean, and stuff like that, that but you you're that. kind of feeding on people's passion for You get like, that everywhere, but stuff. it seems like excessive here. You know what I mean? It is. Like more excessive than elsewhere, than other places. And it's just not the people. I mean, you know, like what was what we were talking about before. It's you know, it's even the uh, you know Marvel and DC with mm-hmm. making their damn covers, making all these varied covers, and mm-hmm. you know they're all making money on this. And stuff. all the books that they release every week, they release so much. Too and much. Like how much do you like? How many titles do you guys read? You know, out of those, like percentage wise. I mean, the problem is like with the covers and stuff like that. I buy more than I read, mm-hmm. so there's like maybe ten books a week. I maybe read half if that much exactly mm-hmm. and it's and sometimes like depending on what the week is it, it could be more like 15 to 20 books that yeah. week and even then it's still like i'm maybe reading five or six mm-hmm. yeah i was at one point buying all these damn covers yeah like i needed to have every single one i was too i got stopped i couldn't it, you have just to. got too excessive it's just too much and that they're going i mean if you're, you're paying 4.99 you're paying 4.99 for a comic book and mm-hmm. buying 20 different covers so yeah it's crazy I mean, but at the same time, though, like, I get it from an investment standpoint. Like, my collection is, you know, worth a good amount of money. And if I had to or if I wanted to, it's like, you know, I, I get buying some things to, you know, eventually, you know, I might want to sell this at some point. But, I mean, it seems just, like you said, it's so aggressive. It's just like people are going crazy. And sometimes it's just like, you know, wh- whatever new book from, like, Image comes out, 
and it's like image number one, and like, oh, this book's you so popular. Have to buy it. And like everyone's getting it for five dollars and then they're flipping it for like fifteen. Yeah. I was like, why do you have to do this to people? And There's was, people who want to read this book yeah. and you have to go out, you have to take it to make ten dollars. Yeah. I was just like, I don't get that. I was like, it's Not just country. I remember I got like two, three, four, and five, but I wanted a number one just to, you know, have the full thing. I wasn't paying a hundred and something dollars for that. Yeah. You know? So Cra- I gave up on it. It's crazy. It's crazy. And that you can thank uh, Walking Dead for that. Yep. Don't even get this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Never read an issue. Have no plans, dude. Oh, you should. It's pretty good, actually. No. Nope, well, Walking Dead? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I read the entire series. Not oh, so yeah. I stopped about a, a year and a half ago, maybe. Yeah. Because it just got. I, I stopped two years ago. But the what I read probably 120 or 130 issues. A lot of it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But. Of, yeah. That's why I stopped uh, watching the TV shows. I haven't watched the show in two seasons, three seasons. I'm done. Like I've been done. Five or six seasons. Uh, it's done. <laughs> um, so, go, you know, going back to the Comic-Cons, you know, um, you can't even buy from these dealers anymore. You know, those, those dealers are made yeah. for people who don't understand the pricing, uh, what pricing should be for it. Or who know, don't have to worry about or, money. Or don't have to worry about it. Um, well, a lot of that is, too, is just they're just trying to rip people off, yeah. too. It's like there's some good people out there, and, you know, we, we know who it is. I, I'll, I'll tell you, like, I will always go to Royal Collectibles in Queens. Anyone who knows who Royal Collectibles is, check them out. I'm going to walk in there. I'm going to ask them what their fair price is on it, and I'm not even going to double check it because I know, like, that's the, that's the price something should be. And there's not a lot of people out there like that. You know, most of these Comic-Cons, people are putting prices on there hoping that no one questions it. I was like, the people who, most of the people who are buying this stuff... It's like, hey, buddy, I have the same app. I have the same information. It's like, I know what this costs. I was like, I know you're going to save 13% by selling it to me than trying to sell it on eBay or, you know, whatever other service you're using by not, you know, taking those losses. It's just like, do the right thing. And it's like, when you do that, you're going to get repeat business. Like anyone who's done right by me. I've bought more from them. Right. The thing and I don't understand is do they not think that eventually someone's going to fall for it, go home, and see what it's actually worth, and then never come back? I mean, or I are think... are they just looking for that one I think a lot of people are just looking for that first initial dollar. They're like, hey, they you know, I, I got this guy, and, you know, I'll, I'll just get the next guy. Really, how much repeat business are you going to get at a Comic-Con? I mean, there's so many vendors there, like... I well, feel like that's less someone, of a thing to worry yeah. about at a Comic Con, more at comic shops. I feel like that's that's the thing they worry. Right. But you know, the people who go to Comic Cons tend to be the same people, though. True. Like outside you of see like the same people at outside of San Diego Comic Con and like the huge New York Comic Cons, out of the really big ones, it's mostly the same people going to these other Comic Cons all the time. Yeah, true. But yeah, I'll agree with you, uh, Royal. Always treated me good yeah. for the best. Royal Collectibles, they're also they're on Instagram and all social media. Check them out. They're we'll put the exact location in the show notes, but um they're a great shop. Um loads of good things to treat say. Treat everybody about them. well, they always have great things. I think events. the first time I went in there, um I went in with a friend who had known them for a while and they're like, Hey, my friend's into comics, he's a good guy and they're like, Okay, cool, we'll take care of him and I walked out with a boatload of stuff. <laughs> Should we ask how many statues you got from there? Um <laughs> A few, quite a few, quite a quite few. A few. Uh, also, I think the first time I went in there, I cleaned out a lot of his uh, back issue Spider-Man. That's funny. And he was like, yeah, I had to buy more Spider-Man books after you came in that day. <laughs> I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, but now it's at the point where, like, if we want to buy books, we have to go to small shows. 
and that's like and that's what shows. and that's what we've been starting to do too. Yeah. And like I, I feel even like at Baltimore yeah. and um, Rhode Island, Which like is not that, that first small. year we went to Rhode Island Comic Con, um, it was pretty good show. It was a good show. But it's turned into such a like entertainer show. Like there's people that they get as like entertainment guests that I don't even get how they're in the geek realm. Forget about and comic that, book realm. And that's a whole yeah. different. What, other story. What's up with the wrestlers? Well, I that's. I mean, it's cool if you're like you're into this stuff and your hobbies intersect. You know what I mean? I feel like wrestling always gets m- kind of like melded into this rest uh, this like geek world. Mm-hmm. It's just always. I've I've never really been super into at it. Eternal Con, there's always wrestlers. Uh, yeah, it's. Oh, they're they're pretty much at every convention that I've been to. I mean, it's like yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's like I know them. You know, I still watch it. You know, half heartedly, but you know, it's like wait a minute. It's like we're at Baltimore Comic Con. Why do I have wrestlers here? <laughs> and, they, not, not, and they go to every one. Yeah. They, they, they got a following. Yeah. Actors from movies that have nothing to do with. And that's the comics. other, and that, yeah. that's another whole bitch about going to Comic Cons. Yeah. You know, these, these non pop culture, um, I don't know, entities that show that, that come to this thing. You know, New York, good example is, you know, a, a good amount of floor space goes to, I think, what is it, Chrysler? Yeah. Like, why do we need to see all these cars in there that has nothing to do with this? I mean, the one cool year they had, like, them come in, at least they had, like, the guy in, like, that awesome Bumblebee costume. He's there, but, but, that's, <laughs> but that's a normal person. That's, oh, that's, that's not a, even that's Chrysler a, related? No, that's a, that's a cosplayer. You it's know? just because they because th- they throw the New York Comic Con a lot of money. A lot of I money. mean, look at how much space Geico gets. It's just like, hey, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna spend a hundred thousand dollars on this space, or, or I don't even know if that's what it is, but it's probably close to something like that. They're like, yeah, whatever. We're gonna give them the space, and you know, it's a shame. And that's part of the, you know, this world turning into a pop culture world. It's just like Geico. I mean, it's a no brainer for them. It's like, hey, this is a hundred thousand dollars. Like, we'll have a van, and you know, people will run through whatever they're gonna do. It's gonna be a great day for us. You know, we'll probably make business it's like hey you'll get a free comic book if you sign up for you know auto insurance with us it's like okay cool i'll take a comic book yeah, yeah if they get if they get 10 new insurers over a weekend it's like it's paid for the space yeah, yeah. well we i know you know from when um the dm and myself started going to uh, new york comic con it was a you know it's it's a big change going from you know strictly comic books because i'm gonna i'm gonna say the first year we went to new york comic con and 07, 08, it, it was majority comic books. Like, it yep. was, uh, there weren't too many um, of the entertainment guests um, where it is now. Um, you know, like the, like the DM says, I remember walking away with probably 200 free comics coming from, you know, Marvel and all, Marvel, DC. I mean, there were stacks of them. You just go up to a table and take what you wanted, um, even from these small little tiny uh, non-pub, you know, these little publishing companies. They just they gave this stuff away. Now, I mean, you you have to buy it all. Marvel I DC doesn't give away a damn comic. I think when I went to New York Comic Con twenty seventeen. I did not buy a thing. I picked up something, which was that Star Wars poster, but I did not buy a single comic. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, I've never bought anything from a comic book convention. Uh. <laughs> right. That was a lie. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really a great venue from the creator aspect because you meet so many people that otherwise you're not going to run into. And that's what I really liked about it. I think me and you, all of us, we went like the first year of 2014. That was my first really big Comic-Con. And I was like, I, you know, I probably 
you guys probably thought I was crazy because I was running around the place like a chicken without my head off. Because <laughs> like I was trying to get a six everything like a signed by everyone store. and like I remember know, all the prints. You were buying all these prints. Oh, I remember God, all it was the su- such a bad idea. I, was like, I, I think that was the last time I ever bought a print. But uh, I mean, prints are awesome. If like I, I know a lot of people who are into prints because I mean, again, the original artwork's a lot of money, and people are like, oh, well, you can have a print. I was like, well, I don't want a print. Like I don't want your thirty-five dollar print. Like I would like piece of artwork for maybe a hundred dollars custom <laughs> yeah. to you Something yeah yeah for you. and um you know it's a good place to meet these creators and like artists and now you kind of have to meet you know more of the up-and-coming people and like that's how you get like a good quality commission for a decent price and it's like you know you're not going to get a jim lee anymore you're not going to get a j scott Campbell. you're not going to get a todd mcfarlane like it's just not going to happen like i don't think todd mcfarlane sketched for anyone in like 15 years right <laughs> maybe yeah. even more and that's what's you know n- w- where we're at right now, the the four of us going to these shows and and meeting all these artists. I mean, we've we've gone close to a lot of these guys, where we know them by first name. Yeah, you know, we've they're our friends. Uh, you know, on our yeah, cell phones. So. Yeah, we've definitely you know cultivated a lot of relationships too because you know it's more than just like you know the business aspect of this you know we're, we're trying to become like a brand ourselves along on comic guys you know we're trying to do stuff on instagram and social media but it's mainly about sharing you know we'll we'll probably do raffles and giveaways you know and um stuff like that maybe like opportunities to like buy and sell stuff but our main thing is like you know we're just passionate about this stuff you know we enjoy it you know we're not our our point isn't to try and make you know a killing of money off of this is like you know this is something this is a passion project right and um, it's just unfortunate that some people treat it differently. And, you know, I know there's people on both sides, you know, you know, this is me, you know, this is my livelihood. I was like, all right, fine, I get that. But, you know, just do it the right way. All right, so we'll wrap up our uh, geek to pop culture discussion because uh, I'm sure we can talk about this forever and we will in the future. So we wanted to just say if any listeners have any questions, comments, or topic, or <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do that. Uh, Topics for us to discuss. Please drop us a line in the feedback or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at L.I. Comic Guys. So before we officially wrap up today, we just want to send a couple thank yous out there to the people who have helped us out in various ways to get here. First and foremost, our families for putting up with the weird and quirky hobbies and who allow us to spend some of the precious free time we get on our geek adventures. We also want to give a special shout out to our good friend, Zach DeVino, who did an amazing job creating our Long Island Comic Guys logo, as well as Tom Travers for designing the super cool caricatures on our Don't Feed the Geeks logo. Find Tom on Facebook under his name. And and on Instagram under Tom Travers, T-O-M-T-R-A-V-E-R-S-A-R-T, one word, to see some of his amazing art posts and even better, request an art commission from him. Another special shout out is to our friend Jimbo Slice, who although we go back and forth busting chops a lot, has been a great friend to us and is doing a lot of great charity work both inside and outside the comic book industry. Make sure to follow him on IG at Jimbo Slice. That's J-I-M-B-O underscore S-L-Y-I-C-E to see what he's up to at any given time. You guys have any special shout outs? No, I think we're good. All right. So next episode is scheduled to drop in about two weeks, and it's going to feature our very first guest, local Long Island comic artist, Tom Travers. So until next time, remember... Don't be the geeks! 